The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It's Saturday, June 12th. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but uh, over the past week, it's been flaming hot in the Northeast. Many parts of the country are flaming hot. I'm going to keep saying flaming hot. That's your clue as to who our guest is this weekend. It is Richard Montañez. He is the guy who went from being a janitor at Frito-Lay to being one of the people involved with inventing flaming hot Cheetos. He's got a great story. He's got a fun book. It's called Flamin' Hot, the incredible true story of one man's rise from janitor to top executive. This is the first part of our interview with Richard Montañez. So you've got this amazing story. The Mexican-American rises up, rocks and rolls. The Flamin' Hot in the title of your memoir has to do with Flamin' Hot Cheetos. So we booked this interview, I don't know when, Mark, back in April-ish, and the book's coming out now in June. And in the interim, Richard, there was like this crazy-ass long L.A. Times story. The headline was insanity to me, which is the man who didn't invent flaming Hot Cheetos. Why the L.A. Times come after you, and what's the deal with this story? I'll never know why they wrote that story, so I, I have no idea. And my first reaction was uh, confusion. I was like, what? I'm just like, no, this can't be. They're basically saying that, that you didn't invent the Flamin' Hot Cheeto. So what is the official PepsiCo response to that? And, and what's your response to that? Well, my, my response to that is very, very simple. All, all I know is my story. All I know is my life. All I know is what I did. 
What somebody else did, I have no idea. When, when PepsiCo came out with the statement, it's like, okay, it made me feel a whole lot better. It, you know, it was a few days of you know ups and downs. And first thought was, you know, after 42 years with PepsiCo as a great ambassador, what is this? And then once PepsiCo, you know, began to share that there was, you know, miscommunication or whatever it was, you know, I, I, I don't, I really don't have any details. I stayed away from details. But when I saw the statement, like, okay, and then, you know, people came up in my defense, as far as I was concerned, case closed and let's move on. I, I mean, look, first of all, you can't control a lot of this stuff. I'd rather kind of talk to you because it is your story. So let's be clear that if you want to read all about this gang, you can just figure it out yourself. But we're talking to the man whose story is is inspirational. By the way, frankly, it's inspirational whether you actually created this one product or not. So let's. <laughs> I, I have to be honest cool. with you. For all intents and purposes, it could have never been created, and it would still be an inspirational story. So let's start a little bit. First, where were you born? I was born in a small town called Guasti, California. And the history in Guasti, California, it was it was built by a gentleman by the name of Segundo Guasti. He was an Italian immigrant, and he came down and saw that the land was perfect for grapes and, and wine. So he brought more Italians with them, and he built a little town. And then he, he needed, it grew so big, he needed labor. So that's when the Latinos come in. So it was a, it was a town of Italians and Latinos. And it was a very, very, maybe, you know, and again, I, there's no history, and I'm just talking from my childhood. There might have been 2,000 people there. You know, there was, a, he built a little general store, very little. He built a, he built a church, a replica of his hometown, and you know he built he built uh, buildings there. He built a big restaurant there. Uh, he you know from my understanding he was a very good man. Of course you know, he was way before my time. But those are the stories that my grandpa and my and my dad would tell me. Tell us a little bit about you know your sort of entree into the work world. How did you get to Pepsi? What brought you there? And and talk a little bit about your career and what happened. To go all the way back, you know I was. Uh, you know, looking for jobs. So I, you know, I worked at a car wash uh, and, and in between I had, you know, wherever, you know, temporary jobs, factory jobs, you know, I've done everything. When I got the job at the car wash, one, one of my uh, old friends, young, young man, see me and he said, Hey, I'm working at Frito-Lay. He goes, they're hiring. I said, what? They're hiring. He said, yeah. He goes, go apply. And I was just like, I was on a cloud. I thought for a moment, Frito-Lay, isn't that the chip company, the Lay's and the Fritos? And I'm like, Oh my God, just think if I could get a job at Frito-Lay. That's my big break. That's like, you know, they have been, I've never had insurance in my life, you know, and then, you know, I'm starting a family. So like, okay, you know, they have health benefits. They have, you know, that's all I thought about was the health benefits. Like, wow, you know, I could, I could change the legacy for the Montanez family. And I know people would say, what are you talking about? It's a factory, you know, you know, and, but I've always said, you know, there, there's no such thing as just any job. You know, when you believe in your heart, you're going to be the best. No such thing as just a janitor. So I, I went and uh, I applied and I, and I actually you know, asked him if I could bring the application home. I was, I was a terrible, you know, I, I struggled with uh, writing and spelling. You know, I still do. I said, sure, and took it home. And my wife, who has been my inspiration, my, you know, my partner in everything, you know, I don't know where I'd be if she wasn't around. Uh, she filled it out for me. And then I took it back. The HR man. Well, they weren't called HR. I think they were called ER, employee relations. Thing. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. So it was a long time ago, you know, during the 70s. So he looks at it, he stares at it, and then he looks up at me. And I'm getting nervous because it's like, I'm just thinking, you know, what, you know, what is on there that shouldn't be on there? You know, it's like, 
So he looks at me and then he asked this question, did you fill this out? I said, yes. He looks at me again and goes, you have nice handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, you know, I've been stealing Judy's credit ever since. So, Oh, that's awesome. And so was she working at the time? Were you both working or was she home with kids? What was going on? She was working part time. So, you know, she again, she was, you know, wherever she could get, you know, a part time job, never full time because she was always with the kids. Got the application and, you know, he said, okay, you know, can you start tonight? And I said, absolutely. So you get this job. How do you start moving up in this massive organization? Well, well, well I think, you know, first I need to, you know, share with you how I, I shared with my dad and my grandpa. They were so happy for me because in those days it was a union job. Mm. So, you know, everybody wanted a union job, right? And I remember my grandfather said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm, I'm going to mop the floors. And he said something to me that I teach this to young people, and I believe it's the reason I'm successful. He said, when you mop that floor, you make sure that it shines. When people see it, they know that a Montañez mopped it. Oh, that's great. And, I, you know, I took that on. I just started mopping the floors. And then I saw, as I was mopping the floor, see, I, I learned all my leadership through my trials and errors, through the streets, the places that I've been, you know, it's not formal, but yet it doesn't mean it isn't right. It's just a different way, you know. So I saw that uh, I had an influence and then, you know, people say, how can you influence? You're just a janitor. I had an influence without saying one word because my job was to clean the restroom. So I made that thing spotless and made it smell fresh. My job was to clean the, uh, the break rooms. I did the same thing. My job was to clean all the offices before the managers came in in the morning. So I saw that people were going in and like, wow, it smells so clean in there. You know, who did that? The new janitor. Hey, who cleaned the lunchroom? The new janitor. And the managers would come in. Hey, who cleaned my office? Hey, that new guy, Montanez. So I saw that, wow, I'm, I'm having an influence without even saying a word. I'm putting a smile on people's face without saying a word, just going by what my grandfather said. But then, you know, I, I don't remember how long it was, but there's a probation period. My boss, I still remember his name, his first name was Jim. At the end of my probation, or two weeks before the end of my probation, he called me and he said, uh, I'm going to have to let you go. I was devastated. Freaking out. I was devastated. My final, you know, my big break and I, and I, and I blew it, you know, and I begged him for another chance. And, and I said, well, what, you know, what, what's the problem? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm told. He goes, that's not the problem. You're doing what you're told. You just show no initiative. I didn't know what that meant. I went home again to Judy, who's, you know, an intelligent person, you know. I said, what does the word initiative mean? So she read it to me out of the dictionary, and I was stunned. Since that day, I think I've gone overboard. I think that's why I am the way I am. I never wanted to, anybody to ever tell me I showed no initiative. But see, here, here's what he meant, is I was doing such a good job that I was finishing, you know, my duties and, and half the time because I wasn't messing around. So what I would do is I would start all over again. He goes, you do what I tell you to do, but when you, you finish and you have time, you don't do anything else. So I, so I figured it out. So once I finished, you know, my daily uh, shift, you know, whatever time I had left, I started helping other people. I started taking other people's trash out. I started going on out into the floor. I started learning the equipment. Other managers were saying, hey, you know, thanks for letting us use Richard. Now and it gets sort of like you sort of become, you're, you're being spoken about. Yes, yes. And, and you know, he's like, uh, what do you mean? I didn't let Richard do anything. He goes, no, I know, but he helped He helped Frank take out the trash or he took Frank's trash out. And these guys were, were line operators. They were they, they were the pilots. You know, I've, I've gone to and done things that weren't my job, but that's who I am today is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do something that you don't pay me to do. 
We'll be back with you tomorrow to hear more about how did those flaming Hot Cheetos come to existence? I asked for a crate of them. None has arrived. I just want you to know that. So I still haven't tasted them, but I plan to. If you have a financial question, maybe you have an idea for the next hot snack food. Give us a holler. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Do us a favor. Go over to Apple. Leave us a review and a rating. It helps us. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to lift someone up today. Grit, growth, grace. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.